attention. Do not be disturbed. You are now leaving reality and entering midnight social distortion. And here's part two of my one-on-one talk with Josh Blokey on Halloween Ends. Hope you enjoy. But then I sat there and let it um, marinate a little bit. And I sat there and had discussions with Bobby and Ryan and Mike and Gray and all those people. And I was like, well, you Mm. know what? They kind of do have them. They did have a thing. Like you just said, you know, they, like your father said, you know, I like that they're exploring the you know, the psychological aspect of evil. And I feel like they did that perfectly well with this movie. It's just that Michael Myers came back. You got Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018. That took place all in 2018. And Michael came back, did his thing, and he disappeared. But it's Mm -hmm. just the fact that this town is so fucked up. Now, if they could sit there and say, like, this evil was passed on, but maybe it's just the fact that, you know, I think what it all boils down to, and I told this to um, in the episode with Bobby's um, YouTube channel, we create evil. Right. Our actions create evil. And I feel that when Michael Myers went, you know, back, he got he killed his sister, you know, he became like this boogeyman figure, you know what I'm saying? Because it was this, you know, horrible person who did all this. And, you know, he, you know, he had this mythic um, aspect about him. So he came back in 1978, he did that. And then he kind of like gained notoriety and then he got put in jail. Then we have Halloween kills, which he still like Halloween 2018, excuse me, where he comes back, but he's coming home. But it's like his actions from the previous, um, from 78 and 40 years earlier, it still left a big scar on the town. Right. Then you have the fact that Lori's family treats her as if she's some type of monster. You know? And so there's that, because Lori could have easily been the new Loomis, though, but she ended up becoming like a hunter like Michael. You know what I'm saying? She had like this lethal aspect about her in 2018. Then you got Halloween Kills, where you see this evil not be contained anymore, it goes into the townspeople. And the townspeople, when they killed that innocent, um, because they killed him. He might have jumped to his death, but they pushed him to that edge, you know? And Mm -hmm. you can see that that evil kind of continues and Halloween ends, but you get everybody's coming for yeah, and, saying, and blaming her for um, it's na- for uh, it's Michael. kind of that right that argument it's kind of that argument Halloween is kind of the argument of nature versus nurture right uh, kind of in the revert you know um, if the situation with Corey didn't happen you know the in 2019 where um, when he's babysitting would he even have gone down the path he goes down and Mm -hmm. you know and it kind of and it brings up that same discussion that we have about michael in the original which is is this kid just a psychopath 
or you know i think it brings an interesting element to where it's kind of like okay but or did this kid encounter somebody that is also evil because i disagree with the wikipedia when they say michael sees the evil in Corey. i feel like that scene where he is choking him in the sewer i feel like it could also be seen as he he transfers evil to him he infects him with that evil because you know he looks straight into michael's eyes they even show like the camera zooming into his eyes so um you know because Corey is kind of a person who is he's damaged but i don't think he doesn't initially seem like he's a bad person and i think go ahead go ahead finish oh no and so it is kind of a you know does the town make Corey into what he is does the town drive Corey to be like the new boogeyman and i think that's an interesting discussion i think regardless of whether you like everything they do i mean when you stop being so kind of like i hate all this and you just think about some of the stuff it is interesting stuff to think about if you're interested to me in the franchise as a whole remember that girl i sent you i want to get her name right um society made the joker that tiktok channel where she says Mm -hmm. you know halloween it's all about are you a fan of michael myers or are you a fan of halloween because some people you know they just love michael myers you know, like my brother, he just loves Michael Myers. He wants to see him kill people. I'm kind of both. Like, I do love that Michael Myers. But I also see what resonated with me with the original is just that idea of the, the um, that there's evil out there and it's hiding, you know, in the shadows and things like All right. that. All right. And that to me is very creepy. That idea of just somebody snapping or something happening to someone where then they turn evil. So that's why I don't, I think, I agree. Like, were there intentions to always um, talk about evil? I I don't know. But I don't think, you know, David Gordon Green and company, like, I don't think it was such a misstep the next two movies after 2018 either. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I can see what some people are saying, like, um, it seems like some elements matter in one movie and they don't in another. But again, I this is where I my expectations come in. Like movie thirteen, you know, like um, I think it's just great that we got of trilogy where they're appreciative of the fans, you know, with all those Easter eggs and stuff. You get a little bit of nostalgia, you get a little bit of legacy, you get a little bit of new stuff. And you get a little bit of what you want too, you know. What I mean? And I, I appreciate that because I think, you know, uh, a lot of people shit on that new Texas Chainsaw, and they're like, "Oh, this." One guy said to me, "I'm sorry, not to segue into this, but one guy said to me with the new Texas Chainsaw, he said, I didn't really like any of the characters.'" And I said, "Do you watch Texas Chainsaw for characters? Because um, I don't. <laughs> I watch it because, you know." I want to see Leatherface kill people. Um, And I told him, I said, you know, in the original movie, the people that Leatherface kills, they're not likable people. Even the guy in the wheelchair is not really likable. So, again, I'm like, what? 
we've gotten to, we've gotten to such a weird spot as a fan ba- as fandom where we suddenly want these things that we think existed in the previous films and they didn't you know what i mean texas chainsaw like people saying oh i wanted there to be more to it and it's like i don't know if you're paying attention to the original movies because this is like you can only do so much with leatherface just like you can only do so much with michael and you can only do so much with jason so i mean you can't really have a full-blown fandom meltdown when they try something different uh i i do take issue with people who anybody who says that they like nightmare on elm street 2 friday 13 5 you know halloween 4 halloween 6 any i don't feel like you should be dogging this movie if you like any of those films because they all kind of are about either or jason goes to hell it's another good one um these are all where either the main killer is not who the main the you know like the jason or freddy whoever is not who's killing people they're using somebody else and i just really saw this as um kind of like a nightmare on elm street too where it's like michael kind of utilizes Corey to keep to continue to spread his fear and Corey feeds it back into him and you know people are like oh i don't like that they're killing people together and it's like i don't know what to tell you Um, (laughs) you know like yeah i i like i said um it's funny because a lot of people uh like i said they can like those i know somebody told me that you know most people like those movies because it's more of a nostalgic they can yeah because they they weren't crap but they didn't literally go to the theater that day to see nightmare on elm street 2 and you know have that disappointing that fandom disappointment moment you know what i mean yeah um but at the same time um i feel that if you go into a franchise and that's all you look for is slashing and stuff like that then any movie that does come out of substance I have to question you if you don't like it or not because um, you like oh well right because I know a lot of people who do not like Scream they felt Scream was not a great film and the new one just, no just Scream in general they didn't like oh, the okay. original and so they were like you know this was because I guess it it had a message behind all the mayhem and it could be analyzed and stuff like that in college you know courses and whatnot. Um, and any franchise that you have a killer that goes through, like for instance, the Friday Thirteenth movies, there's no, I mean, that's another formulaic um, franchise, is that you have a group of campers, a group of people who vacation, they go to a, a, a the secluded part of Camp Crystal Lake, they get slaughtered. There's a final girl, she gets away, and there's no like, you know, um, death there, but we still enjoy those movies for what they are. And, and I feel that so many people are on this whole, you know, Michael Myers is, is a walking killing machine. But the thing about the original Halloween for me is that, you know, you there's no explanation as to why he is doing what he's doing. That's the scary part. Somebody just snaps this in a suburban, suburban neighborhood. And this came out around right a time period where people were still, you know, going to bed with their doors unlocked and, you know, right. their car doors unlocked and just everything's so hunky-dory. And it's it, it kind of, like, puts uh, fear in that type of aspect. But you can still take that 
That's a great point. Um, yeah. You can still take that aspect and try to use it to modernize it. And then I feel like what the 2018 movies did it's kind of the same thing that they kind of did with H2O is that, you know, what happens to somebody who has survived trauma, but the trauma has like haunted them and turned them into a different person. And the thing with Halloween ends, I feel that for us, let me, let me go back for instance. Um, Corey was okay up until the point where he meets the bullies for the second time and they throw him over the bridge. I told my friends that I equate that to Batman Returns when Selena Cowell is thrown out the window. When she lands. Oh, like the breaking point. That's the break. It's not even the breaking point. It's like she died. A part of her died. And I feel right. that with um, Corey, I felt like his humanity died then. And that is well, when, like, you know, he when he's drugged into the... Um, cavern or the, the the sewer or the drain and like you said that transference of evil it's like I feel like it was either a transference or the fact that you know uh, Michael probably you know was like I can I sense something in him that you know because mm -hmm. the guy the homeless man did say how did you come out and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for people that was drugged in there, I haven't seen them again. That's which true, is crazy yeah. <clears throat> because the guy, you see these billboards, all these people who've been missing for the last four years, between this four-year gap, and nobody has came forward or anything. And you would think that this homeless man, because I'm pretty sure they offer reward money. Where have you seen these people <laughs> or anything like that? But for this homeless man to not mention anything to the cops but he's kept watch of the fact that these people have disappeared in this tunnel and they never re resurfaced. It's like, you know... Um, well, have you seen Barbarian? Did you see Barbarian yet? I haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know if I should... So there's a, a, mo there's a moment... I, I, I'll, I'll, this is, I'll, I'll be able to say this without spoiling it. There's a moment where a character reaches out to the police... And because the police think that this character is either a a crackhead or homeless crackhead or whatever, they don't listen. And so I feel like if a homeless person was like, oh, you know, someone's getting dragged in the sewer that they'd probably be like, mm, OK, you know, because I mean, look, they didn't even want to believe Laurie Strode that Michael Myers was going to return. That's different. In a way, for me though, because Lori Strode is, um, she is an alcoholic. Everybody in the town knows that she is still suffering from the shit that happened to her forty years prior. This is a homeless man who probably knows of a location. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that if you're, let's say, if you have somebody in your family that's missing, and then you find out that the cops just missed a homeless man's um, tip. Because he was mm. homeless and he might have been, you would be pissed off because at this point you're like, I don't give a shit if he was homeless or not. You need to follow that lead. You know what I'm saying? And so for him right. to be down there and not go and engage in, you know, the whereabouts of, I mean, to go, go and 
engaging with the cops about the whereabouts of these missing people makes me feel that he probably knew Michael was there the entire time. And by that being his home, he probably didn't want to fuck with Mike and be like, you know, hey, Mike probably come back like, you know, you, you open your mouth. Let me let me fuck you up right quick. You know, so right. he probably was fearing for his life or, or something, but for him to get out and then for, for Corey to come out, it kind of probably like fucked him up. Be like, oh, who I, I can't remember the exact words the homeless man said to him, like what he wanted from him. I don't know if he wanted cash or he wanted something else from him, but you mean what he says to Corey? Right. No, oh, he says, I need you to go in there and get that mask. Okay. Okay. And I'm not sure yeah. why he wants the mask, but he that's what he says to him. Um and, Yeah, and it's kind of weird that he brought that up. It's like, why does he want the mask? Does he feel that the mask is worth some he probably think the mask is worth money? He wants to go get it and get it sold or something like that. But I don't know. But it's like I would not want no part of that mask. I would want that mask on my person, except you know, especially with Michael still being alive, knowing that Michael came out the area to, to after he came out to kill one, you no, know, he killed De- Debbie. He came out and killed her, and then he came out to see where. Um, Rightfully so. Right, because that would hold that. Let me stop because that's a whole other um, rant. Um, because when he went to go follow Corey. He eventually saw that Corey ran across, went back to Lori's house, and he could have easily been like, "Oh, that bitch!" And this, this, and that. He could have went and snapped Lori's neck because she, her guard is down. But he didn't. He went the other way, and it's probably because he's like, "Uh, I just." Well, he's back. still unmasked at that point too, when he's, you know, when he's watching Lori, because she's standing outside the the house or whatever. He's still. Right, he doesn't have his mask at that point. I thought he had his mask because uh, Corey hadn't went back down there to Tulsa with him yet. Had he? Okay, that's probably why. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Now, Uh, now I'm remembering the part you're talking about. So, but yeah, I feel that you know, the girl you mentioned, the, the TikTok video you sent me, I felt that she broke this shit down so eloquently because I feel like that was Michael. Michael shit. That was John Carpenter's whole. Thing about Michael Myers that he's a force of evil. Yeah, it was and always about evil. Evil. It wasn't about Michael Myers just being um, because he doesn't. Re- John Carpenter never refers to Michael Myers as Michael Myers. He refers to him as the shape. And we know at the end of the movie, Laurie Strode said the shape can like um, reform or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she said it can morph into some into like an amorphous <clears throat> shape. So Corey was also could be considered a shape, you know what I'm saying? And he absolutely the, the mask gave him some sort of a power, you know that you know. Plus, I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I think we also have to, cons- you know, people have to be realistic in the sense that these films are also reflecting a uh, really. Yeah, and a really divisive time that we're in, um, politically, um, socially, you know, and I think to just kind of dismiss them as like, oh, well, you know, like I, I kind of had that with Halloween Kills where I was like, okay, yes. I get I get what you're trying to say. I get you're trying to January 6th this moment with everyone in the hospital, but it's like, I don't need you to beat me over the head with it you know i mean i think we all none of us want to hear evil dies tonight ever again right um but i do think what people are not recognizing this one 
is that it's a much subtler kind of, you know, as you can see, you can talk about it because it's much more subtle and nuanced in like what it could be trying to say. And that's another thing that I think people need to appreciate is it's like you finally have there's nothing wrong with Halloween, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. You know that I I'm a big fan of Halloween six, even though I am well aware that is a wonky, silly ass movie. Um, it's going to be even wonkier if you read the actual initial um, concept, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. I know. I remember the original concept I because rem- that's in Taking Shape, too. Mm. Um, and, you know, but, you know, you have one that you can discuss now that, like, you can debate with someone and you can sit there and just, you know, boil it down to like, oh, I don't like it. It's different. It's stupid. Or you could think about be appreciative of the fact that you have a Halloween movie that you can have a discussion about, you know, because for a long time, it was just mainly you can talk about the first one and the elements of the first one. And um, and, I, you know, uh, part three comes up a lot in conversation of what part three is talking about. Um, but you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Like, uh, this yeah. is causing people to hopefully. Um, it's like a movie that, that can help you. Um, what am I trying to say? It, it, it's a movie. It's a Halloween sequel that you can talk about with people. And you can debate with people. Now, the thing is, to me, debating is not saying it sucks, you know. And that's why I told you earlier, like, I'm going to take issue if you're if your problems with this movie are that you think it's too different because, I mean, we have a, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Michael Myers is um, wearing paper plates on his face and he's being followed by a woman and a white horse, you know, like you can't, (laughs) um, and there are people that like those, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think, I think it's so dramatic to say that this is like an insult to the franchise or that this is killing the franchise or anything like that. It's like, no, I think if anything, this has given us something to talk about for a while, maybe until we get a new movie. Okay. Cause I imagine if we had just gotten another Michael and Lori are fighting each other, the whole movie, like there would be half of us who would walk out and be like, eh, you know, we and there would be the other that. half that would. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think, I think in 2018, you know, that's Laurie's big fight with Michael. And this one is just about, this is about like ending his life and being done with it. Cause she's, she's done with it. Right. She's over it. Right. Yeah. And I also see people criticizing that she's not grieving her daughter enough. And I'm just like, oh my God, like. If they put too much of that in, you guys wouldn't like that. And that's what kind of is annoying me about a lot of Halloween fans lately is that. um, Because I've seen so many of these people bitching about the other two. And I'm like, maybe y'all should just sign on to the fact you didn't like these movies and leave it at that. You know, I liked Bobby's what Bobby said to me because it was not some shitty toxic statement at all. He just said he said I was not personally a fan of where they took the shape. So that's why I didn't like it. And that to me is much better than, you know, that that's an opinion I can respect versus a person who's like, you know, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis should be embarrassed of herself. I could write a better movie. 
but see, that's the thing that um I I don't know who I'm I don't know who said what. I'm just gonna say this. Um Jamie Lee Curtis, I feel like when it comes to Halloween, I think she was more embarrassed with Halloween Resurrection than she was probably this one because she's executive producer of this. She's made choices that, you know, she got to make that she can stand with. But it just seems like she was under contract for Halloween Resurrection, even though she had just sat there and chopped his damn head off, which goes back to show you that it was a fitting end for her to sit there and put him Absolutely. in an industrial shredder because it's like he there's no coming back from there. There's no oh, and she took his mask off. That's another thing a lot of people forget tend to forget. It's not that she killed him with his mask on. She demasked masked him to make sure that she yeah. was looking at the motherfucker who was doing this. And then yeah, she, she stripped him of his power. Power. She sliced his throat. She sliced his wrist to be like it was kind of like Lori was channeling in a multiverse of Michael, um, like, you know, I'm going to do right and not make the mistake I made. I'm doing air quotes the last time. And so she sat there and also went to show, everybody was like, well, this whole funeral procession, this uh, procession at the end of the movie didn't make any sense. Now, I was kind of like, that was kind of a little bit overkill, but then I kind of looked at it from a thematic point and from a um, contextual Oh, where they, they drive him through the neighborhood? They, just to sit there and say, well, this motherfucker who has sat here and terrorized this community for 40 years plus is finally is, dead. Is finally dead. And it's not no, oh, well, he's escaped. No, I, the entire community now sees that he is dead. He is dead and gone. Can we please move forward yeah. and be I mean, a productive society after this? Let her as a character find some peace, too. Jesus Christ. Right. Like, um, and yeah, you know, I would not, I think part of why I don't like a, you know, what I, I also think is kind of contradictory is people are like, well, I love H2O. And I'm like, so you love the idea that the paramedic is under that mask in the car at the end. And he's trying, he's clearly trying to attack. I'm like, you buy that, you know, that he's trying to attack her and kill her. But then at the end, it's like, oh no, it was a paramedic. He was just trying to get her to take his mask off. It's like, that's not what was happening. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like resurrection is a much more, is a much messier and disrespectful way. Like he, she falls off a building and she's crazy. That is a terrible ending. That was a terrible ending for her character. And it was just, but even though at that point in time, um, Jamie Lee Curtis was like, you know what? Just kill me off. I'm tired. It's kind of like she sat there and said, you know what? I did my, um, because because in the Halloween H2O timeline, Halloween 2 was still in play. She was still his brother. I mean, she was still his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had, you know, all this trauma because at that point in time, you know, he really messed her up. She had, you know, all her friends are dead. He had completely killed an entire staff of people at the hospital. And, you know, it's just like he was just, you know, and he, he was never caught. And so she was like, you know, I'm literally cutting this demon off or this this um, traumatic demon off at this head. But it's kind of like for Laurie Strode, it was like a triumph. But for Jamie Lee Curtis, it was like closing a chapter mm-hmm. in her um, career. But then they were like, oh, we, we want you to come back for the next movie. It's like. Yeah, she did that Halloween because of Scream. Yeah. Because suddenly, like, those that was a big thing. And so. 
Right. You know, that was going to probably end up being, you know, as I mean, if you like you said, you were reading Taking Shape, too. That, that was probably going to end up happening either way. Right. Like either we we're going to get a direct video sequel or we're going to get H2O. And I don't have a problem with H2O. I just think um, for me, that's not really um, I think it's a little far fetched that he's going to come all the way to California to kill her. And I think right. that's why I'm not a huge fan of the brother angle. And I do like in these movies that they say to her, you know, this is not about you. But she thinks it is because it's her trauma and she's owning it. Right. You know, like it's a lot about how people um, are dealing with their own PTSD and things like that. And um, I don't know. I'm sorry that that's not interesting to some people i find it interesting as someone who has been through a lot of things personally i find it that study of it kind of interesting and i also um i find it interesting that you know it's stupid i think the people are stupid for it but i find it interesting that they blame laurie in it right you know which, for promote which, pro, provoking him which pro, which behooved me because i'm like how does she provoke him i guess but like uh, um, Bobby um, Gray also told me they were like, well, maybe they probably, you know, rumors. That's the problem with Haddonfield. Right. Is that people that's that was another source of evil. Like you're spouting lies and um, untruths when you should be um, trying to talk to the source. What happened? Lori Strode herself did not knock over their bus, even though initially she was opposed to by accident, but she didn't knock over that bus. She just went by her merry way and you had somebody in town that really provoked him. Like, I mean, yeah, you... Go ahead. No, I was just saying by her, I guess the thing was by her showing up when the, um, when Vicky and I forgot the guy's name were killed Mm -hmm. and she showed up in the center of all that, and people probably sat there and took it as like, oh, well, she sat there, provoked him, and he found her at the house, and he tried to kill her. That's how she ended up in the hospital, but it wasn't that. It was the fact that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that folks don't realize, because nobody in town knows that, except for um, um, Allison knows that Dr. Sartain was the one who sat there and tried to have them cross paths again for a rematch, but it just yeah. bothered me that they said that she was the one who provoked him throughout the movie. I was like, that is stupid. Right. And, you know, and I think that is um, in a way. Well, one, I um, I forgot his his Instagram name, but I saw someone post, which I thought this, too, when I saw the scene. When Lori comes out of the supermarket and the lady says, are you having a good time? Are we having a good day? You know. That's almost the same scene from We Need to Talk About Kevin until the Swinton is walking down the street. Somebody brought it up. Yeah, somebody did post it. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, in a way, whether it's intended or not, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's kind of talking about how, I mean, everybody has a different view of what is happening like right now. You know, Um, you know, you could talk to someone like my brother who thinks that the vaccine is fake and they're trying to like poison us. And then you could talk to another person. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that kind of represents where we are as a society too, of everybody having their, their own um, version of events. Yes. 
And, you know, and that makes sense. And so I think some people like are being, they're being, you know, they're like, yeah, but I don't think that's what he intended. You know, art is the kind of thing where you can create something and a meaning or a message can come out of it that you didn't intend. Right. But then it's it suddenly presents itself. And that's okay, too. You know, I don't think David Gordon Green should be lambasted for whether he intended to say all these things or not. I think right. you could have gotten just one movie in 2018 and that been it. And instead you got two more and they did that. Yes, of course, for money, but they, I think they also did it to satiate fans. And, um, you know, we, we can't, again, I, I feel like you can't criticize some of the things about this movie if you're not going to criticize in other movies. For example, um, you know, why would, just one example, my, you know, I've talked to you before, I was not a big fan of Scream 2022. 20, you know, like, a big thing for that one that bothered me was, why would Sydney with a baby, she has a baby now, a babies, you can't tell. Why would she go back and try and fight Ghostface when she's got family now? Like, you know, but I feel like people are hanging onto moments like that with Halloween ends and like blowing it up and being like, this is why it's a bad movie. And it's like, you know, or I mean, Scream 2022 is also kind of problematic in the sense that Billy Loomis is almost a hero in a weird way. He is the one that shows Sam, you know, that alerts Sam that there's a, a knife in front of her. And I kind of took an issue with that because it's like, I don't want this guy to be a hero. I know that's a controversial opinion. But um, so but you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not really about I, I don't mean it's about. Um, I think there are elements of movies especially these sequels, they're not perfect. They're not the, the scream was, it's not Wes Craven anymore. And, you know, these new Halloween movies, Jamie Lee is getting old. John Carpenter is getting old. You don't have Donald Pleasance anymore. You just have to ex adjust your expectations. I will still go see that new scream. Cause I'm going to hope that this next one, I like more just like, um, you know, I would hope people would go see another Halloween movie regardless of whether they like this one. Will. They will. Um, the I know bitch about that one. Well, yeah, but the only thing that I feel um, when it comes to some of these re um, requels um, is if they do them right, then, you know, it's no matter... How can I put it? Let me, let me take that back. It's a I felt movie. Halloween 2018, for me, that was a good... It's a little bit... You know, it was... It was the one that kind of kickstarted this whole idea of like nostalgia peppered with legacy, peppered with new, peppered with. Uh, I think 2018 is a really good balance, personally, of a movie that kind of represents the original, but is also, you know, aiming to do its own thing. Right. Um... I actually kind of loved Dr. Sartain. I know people hated him, but I kind of loved him. I, I didn't care for him, only because of the, the switch. And I was like, it, but it all, but at the same time, his character kind of made it. I think that was the first um, seed they planted to be like Michael really doesn't 
care about Lori. This is just what he's like the audience. I just want to see them to fight again. I want to see them to come across each other again. And it's not necessarily, you know, because any other, if he wasn't there, there would have been no other reason for him, for, except for if Lori actually did go and chase after him. Um, yeah, Dr. Sartain mistakes thinking that right. uh, maybe Michael continues on because Lori's still alive. Right. But, but yeah, he, how do I do this? But, um, yeah, so, I, like I said, he, um, but, oh, excuse me. Bottom line for me, I enjoyed Halloween Ends. I enjoyed the entire trilogy because at the end of the day, um, initially I said they probably didn't have an idea planned when they did this. Like when they announced Halloween Kills and Ends, they probably like, okay, we got to back ourselves at this corner we put ourselves in and we got to write ourselves at this corner we didn't put ourselves in. And I feel like they did a good job. And I, agree. I feel like the whole Halloween Kills, January 6th, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Comparison was kind of a little bit unfair given the fact that I think Halloween Kills was already shot and ready to go, except they just, just postponed it a year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, this shit just so happened, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... But it still goes to show you that I feel like they still had uh, a feel on the pulse of what the zeitgeist is at the moment. Um, right. And, you know, and there's plenty of hollow, other Halloween sequels that they wrote themselves into a corner. So they had to do something new. You know, I know a lot of people that like, I've, yeah, like I said, a lot of people I know people who are like, oh, it's kind of cool that he. You know, he passes it to her. And I'm like, you don't like it in this movie, though. <laughs> you know, you can't. Why do you like it in one movie, not in the other? You know, um, and I just think. It was written a certain way. Um, they probably can deal with it because it was presented in a certain way that they just did not like, like it. Well, way. I also see, you know, people also complain. They're like, I don't I don't like seeing Michael weak. And I'm like, OK, but. You know, my brother said that. He's like, this is stupid. He's like weak. This little guy is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, but he did just get my, you know, my brother's like, well, he just killed everyone in town the movie before. And I'm like, yeah, but he got the shit kicked out of him. And I said, and that's why when you find him in this movie, not only is he physically weak, but I also feel like metaphorically the evil is, is literally like starting causing him to like rot away and be weak. You know what I mean? Or so he's weak. He's, there's a new Supreme in town at Corey and he's losing his power. <laughs> right. Exactly. But um, you know what I mean? Like he's weak. I know it sucks to see that, but that would be realistic, wouldn't it? That a guy who survives being beaten up by a whole town would be really weak physically. Not just that, but the fact that uh, if we're if we're trying to make him human and not say that he's a supernatural right um, figure, then he's gonna have to be weak. And then, matter of fact, eventually, yeah, surviving off of maybe rats and other God knows things in the um, sewer, and then on top of that, he has no medical attention and no. Um, hygiene can also end up making you weak. <laughs> you don't take care of yourself, you know, it can also make you weak. 
and he's had this damn mask plastered to his face for what four years. It's like well, we don't know. He may walk out every so often. He get a little bit of Taco Bell. Take that in there. So what? And then he got blow up the whole goddamn sewer system down there. That's right. Exactly. All that methane. Um, Yeah, but. But yeah, I just feel that um, at the end of the day, the movie, I felt like it did what it came to do. I mean, it did it in a different manner, which I kind of like enjoyed because a lot of people might not be aware of this, though. But their initial idea for Halloween H2O, before it became H2O, it was going to be just Halloween 7. One, it was going to be a directed DVD sequel. It was going to be the first Halloween directed DVD sequel. And mm-hmm. it was going to initially have two killers. It was going to have. Michael Myers, uh, somebody's going to kill a babysitter, and then they're going to think that right. Michael Myers is up to his old tricks again, but they come to find out that Michael Myers is actually still incarcerated after the end of Halloween um, um, Curse of Michael Myers, and that there's a serial killer out there that's mimicking his actual kills, and then Michael actually gets out. That's what I thought this one was going to be. Because right. you reminded me of that in, uh, with talking about taking shape too you reminded me of that and i was like uh thinking oh yeah that's right because when i initially saw his trailer i was like okay so one of them's a serial killer and one of them um and that's why i was not really that offended by what they did because that that kind of idea like as you as you realize when you read that book this idea of him like either having there being a copycat Michael or there being like another, I don't want to say partner, but another person that he, the evil kind of infects, like that's been kind of bouncing around for a long time. It just hasn't been made. It hadn't been made yet. And not only that, but the fact that that was going to be the movie, it was going to be the movie until Jamie Lee Curtis um, and Mustafa Kai and, Kevin Williamson, all those people got together and, you know, so because some elements of this script did make it to the final cut of Halloween H2O, the, the um, what you call it, the boarding, not boarding school, but the private school scenario and everything that made it to Halloween H2O. I have a but, question. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think people would have been would be as annoyed by this movie if all that stuff that happens in the junkyard and all that stuff that happens in the radio station if you didn't know that was Corey underneath there and you didn't find out till the end because for me i said this to my my father yesterday i said when he puts on that mask to me michael is back it's not the literal physical michael myers under that mask but that that you know that evil is kind of olive branched out now and now Michael is continuing to move on. It's kind of like Candyman, right? In Candyman, the newer Candyman, there's more than one Candyman. Right. And collectively, they create a, a sense of fear and whatever. Like, you know what I mean? That's why this one didn't bother me when he's wearing that mask. Because I'm like, do you care about who's under that mask? Or do you care about the mask? You know what I mean? Is the mask Michael to you? Or is the person underneath the mask Michael to you? Yeah. So what do you do you think people would have cared as much I think if you didn't know? I think there probably would have been a better way of going about doing it. Like you see, mm-hmm. but the problem would have been that they couldn't hide it. 
given that, but see, they probably could have hid it because I feel like if I'm not, if I can remember correctly, Corey's injured hand was the same injured hand that Michael Myers had at the end of Halloween right. 2018. So if he had that um, bandage on and had like his fingers like somewhat looking like this, they could have probably pulled it off, but not to the point where it's like, you know, somebody, I'm just saying we could have picked up on it probably like during a radio um, station kill. It's like, oh, that's not him. It's Corey, you know, but people could have been debating about it until the unmasking. You know what I'm saying? And it probably been like, oh, shit, he's did all this, you know what I'm saying? And then Michael came in and killed him at the last minute and been like, you know, give my shit back, dude. It's like, this ain't your, you, you ain't right. cut out for this, you know, or or not saying you ain't cut out for this, but, you know, get your own shtick, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is mine. And because that mask, um, it's Michael Myers. It's the face of Michael Myers. It's the face of the shape. So, if anything, he probably would have been like, it was It was disrespecting that version of the boogeyman. He could have been got his own goddamn thing. You know what I'm saying? And my own mask. And he kind of did with the thing that... Um, um, the scarecrow mask? Yeah, Allison gave him, but he probably couldn't use it because Allison would have picked up on the fact that, oh, I gave that to him. That's Corey. So, he went back to get and I also think it's more along the lines of like they called Corey the boogeyman of the monster. And he was like, you know what? If I'm gonna be the monster, I'm gonna wear the mask of the monster. And then he went and got the overalls and Well, he won I mean, he wants to create fear right. himself. So what better way to do that than to wear that mask? You know. Right. Um, and I'm sorry, but uh that junkyard scene is also amazing. I think I've already said this, but I mean, when he, um, you know, blow torches that guy's, which is obviously like a nod to Friday Thirteenth Five. Right. I think that's a favorite kill for a lot of people. Or when he he squashes that girl's face under the. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Sorry. When he honest, squashes her face under the fence. To be honest, that's what I mean. I thought that you know, was like, Lindsay in the trailer. When I did watch the trailer, I thought that was Lindsay Wallace up under there for some reason. I don't know why, but I thought it was her. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, did they utilize her? Not really. But you know what? Um, listen, I was surprised she even made it through the last movie. When she when she threw those 20 bricks in that pillowcase, and I was like, girl, you're not even going to be able to lift that, let alone hit him with it. You know? Um, and I, I, I liked that she survived, but you know, were there things that Listen, were there things that I wish they had done? Yeah. But I don't think, personally, I don't feel like we got a shitty movie either. No, I don't think... I feel like a lot of people are just in the initial knee-jerk reaction period. And what's going to happen is, is that later on down the line, the movie is going to gain traction because, you know, like you said, they're going right. to discuss and get people going to go back and look at it like, well, it wasn't as bad as it was back then. And because, you know, I think that's something which could probably be an episode of the podcast, separate episode in itself, is that the horror community as a whole has gotten very, I'm not going to say it has gotten, it's always Gate been toxic, You know, it's just, you know, but it feels like the the well a small majority a, a small fraction of the community 
is louder than the majority because of platforms and Twitter and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, yeah, everyone to... thinks everyone has their soapbox now. Right. right. Uh, so uh, I don't know if I told you this. I, I don't think I did. I, you know, I had an Instagram friend that we were friends for a long time as well, who blocked me because I said the new Hellraiser looked good. And when he was because he was bitching, he said, oh, you know, why does Pinhead look like this? And I said, well, does it bother you? You know, in the book, Pinhead, I, I believe, was described as um, uh, female-bodied and androgynous voice. Right. And he apparently did not like that, and he blocked me. And I was like, so we're out here blocking each other right. over Halloween movies and Hellraiser. And what yeah. I really think – sorry. Oh, I'll just – sorry. I'll, I'll just, it's, what I really think is that we need to be more appreciative right now. Like – in just this year, we've gotten a Scream movie. You got a new season of Chucky. You got a new Hellraiser. You got a new Halloween. You got Terrifier 2. Yes. Um, and I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking of. You get, you see Heather Langenkamp return to like, mm. you know, something. Yes. And, yes. and I just don't think, I think we should be really appreciative of the fact that that's happening. And that horror is kind of, I mean, you have Smile 2, which did really well. Like, we should really be appreciating that this is booming instead of, like, bitching and moaning that something doesn't meet this unattainable expectation that nostalgia has made us think, you know. Because I, I, I just want to say on that, too, like, um, I, we're, in a, we're in a weird spot with fandom. Not only is it kind of toxic, but, and this is what, that's what Scream was talking about, but also, you know, it's weird to me to see someone say, oh, you know, Halloween ends is terrible. This new Hellraiser is terrible. But then I see them post that they just bought a $35 Z-grade slasher movie on a Blu-ray. <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? From a company, you know, and it's kind of like, well, that's interesting. Like, you're buying this really shitty movie, Z-grade slasher movie called, you know, um, I can't think of a name. Oh like a z-grade slash movie like the mutilator right you're buying something like the mutilator on a blu-ray for also getting a sequel okay um, yeah there you go anniversary sequel uh yeah and we have a new terror train yeah um you know do you see what i mean like we're so we're it's so weird how we see like we can look at movies that are kind of bad when we're removed far enough from it and be like oh i like this movie and I think that's all this movie's going to need is that for the people who think it's bad, they're just going to need some time to be removed from it. Because I will agree with this, with the criticism is that my two main criticisms is they made it seem like it was this WWE, you know, final match kind of thing, which I thought was way overselling it. But I get that they were not going to you know, throw the psychological aspect in the trailer because they need to get butts in the seats, right? So that's why I said to someone the other day, like, I never, int when I saw the first trailer, I was like, I'm sure the movie is not going to be exactly like this. Um, so, you know, one, my only other criticism would be, I don't believe Haddonfield would already be celebrating Halloween only a year later. Right. That was my only criticism of the mainly of the movie. I was like, would they really be having Halloween 
you know, in 2019 after he just disappeared. But well, maybe it's going, it's, I'm, I'm going to say this and probably wrap up the discussion. Maybe it's because you know how we are after September 11th happened and we were like, you know, we're not going to. I was just going to say that. Yeah, that's how we are with the pandemic too. Like right. as soon as that's, ex- that's a better that's a better yeah. example. It's like as soon as we could, we were like, we're all going out right now. We're going hell, people were still going to circuit parties and cruises and shit during the pandemic and made it worse than right. what it was. You know, exactly. I mean, I'm not saying that you know because I don't want to say it was a gay thing. It's just that it was a people thing. It was like you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do this regardless because I need to make money. I need to be seen, and I'm the entire to be inside the house all day long. So, yeah. you know, that's just the way that our society has gotten to the point where it's like we want everything instantaneously. We want it now. We want it, you yeah. know, not... I mean, my my no. ex-boyfriend, when the pandemic was kind of lightening up, or even during the pandemic, too, he was like, I'm not going to let, you know, I, I'm also... He didn't go to circuit parties or anything, but... You know, he was like, I'm not going to let fear dictate my life. And that could very well. That's what I thought, too, with Halloween ends. I was like, this doesn't make sense. But then it's like, although it's representing a time right now where we're very big on that whole idea of I'm not going to let fear dictate my life. And I think that is the whole point of the movie is the fact that, you know, Laurie Stroh is not going to let fear dictate her life. Um, Alan said wasn't. Corey would kind of like played on everybody's like, you know, only mentality with people. And so, yeah, I feel like it did its job. And I feel like it did its job two times over because this isn't like, you know, okay, we just went to go see Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. And yeah, but it's like we're still talking about it a week later. Now, I feel like the box office might drop drastically the second week, and they're going to probably use that as more fuel to sit there and say the movie did so bad. Like, word of mouth for something. Well, I also, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Terrifier um, eventually makes it to number one. Well, yeah, because it's got a, it's going to be out this weekend again, so I might get a chance to go see it this weekend, but I don't know if I want to see it in the theater for a two-hour horror movie. But anyway, okay, so... No, you have to. You have to You have to see it. It's an... Because uh, they're saying that uh, Terrifier 2 is the longest slasher ever made. It probably is. Because it's like two and a half hours long. Um, and I will tell you, one thing I will say about that movie is that, I mean... You know, uh, you do not notice the length of time that you are in this, the the seat because it's just it's constantly moving forward. Right. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, well, Josh, I appreciate you joining me for this episode. Um, I'm honored. Thank you. You're welcome. I might gotta split it into two hours because um, we're almost at um, probably the three hour mark, maybe. So it might be two episodes. Is what I'm trying to say, it might be a two episode mm. thing. So I'll probably do a lot of editing. But I want people to know where they can find you if you want them to find you. That is because Lord knows I sometimes don't want people to find me. But where can they find you on the socials? Well, on Instagram, it's jblokey, and then um, my podcast. If I ever get this, if I ever figure out how I'm gonna do it is deadly friends which is right now i just post the reviews of movies um and then uh the twitter verse is also jay blokey 
Okay. And you guys can find me at Mark Oestis on Instagram. It's um, Midnight Social Distortion, all one word on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, The Anti-Critic. And you can find me on Wednesdays on YouTube, Scream Kings. That is Kings with yeah. Z. Tomorrow's episode is about Final Girls and Scream Queens. So that will premiere on our YouTube channel at 8 p.m. every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. You're so busy. Yes, very, very busy. Um, speaking of, um, you can email me at Marco Estes. I mean, excuse me, not Marco Estes. You can email me at midnightsocialdistortion at gmail.com if you have any questions, queries, or any type of feedback you want to give for the show. Please like and subscribe, rate, um, reshare with Share. friends. You know, all that good jazz. But um, until next time. Spread it like evil. Spread it like evil. Yeah, there you go. Spread it like evil. You know, spread it like Michael spreads his evil around. Make it make it viral. But um, until next time, you guys be careful and keep it spooky. Thank you.